0: Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and here we are at episode 34 of the Student Ministry Podcast. We are so grateful that you are here again with another great conversation with another student pastor, and uh, today we are going to be talking to James Sabin. James is the youth and family pastor at uh, Kingdom Church in Westover, West Virginia, and James has an amazing story of what God has done through his life, uh, especially in the recent last few years. Um, You know, God's done some great things in his life up until then, but over the last few years, James has been dealing with some burnout and some depression and some other things that has entered into his life and affected his ministry. Ministry and and uh, even in the middle of great things happening in his ministry, um, and, and he just realized that this was not the path that he was supposed to be going through, and and really experienced some burnout. And he's going to tell that story today, and I am I'm, I'm so excited for you to hear it because because I know that some of you listening to this podcast might be going through something very similar, and and maybe you are experiencing the the first few stages of burnout, or maybe you're right in the middle of burnout right now or maybe you're actually going through it and and, and you can't notice it and you're actually you think things are going well, like maybe like James, and uh, and then all of a sudden you know there might be some time, uh, maybe it's today as you're listening to this, where where God's going to reveal some things about how you're going about your life and your ministry and everything that need to change so that you don't experience burnout and you don't experience things that are worse than that. Uh, so I'm so excited for you to hear today um, from James. I'm excited for you to to hear this and, and not only have it affect you, but maybe there's someone else out there. That that as you hear James today, you think, man, they need to hear this as well. I need to share this with someone. So please, do share this with someone else in ministry, or maybe someone that's just um, that's not necessarily in ministry, but just needs to also hear encouraging words like the the James is going to be talking about today. So make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe, and uh, we love the fact that you keep coming back month after month. Um, but before we jump into this conversation, I want to thank our sponsors because we also love our sponsors. They are. You know, what makes this happen? Um, you come, coming back every month um, for, to hear another message uh, from another youth pastor, um, you hearing these stories, the youth pastors and the youth workers that are able to share their stories, all that plays in with our sponsors to make this podcast so great. And uh, today I want to thank WorkCamp NE. If you are not familiar with WorkCamp NE, they've been our longest sponsor um, almost from the very beginning. And and WorkCamp is a fantastic ministry that takes your students into the mission field in the United States. And, and what do they do? Is that they, they partner with local organizations and they, they find out the needs in the community, um, specifically around home repairs. And they go and they they do all the work for you. They do all the the partnerships, the the conversations, the checking out the homes, and all that sort of thing, and figure out what's needed. And then they create an environment where you can come in, and bring your students, and and maybe it's it's a private thing, or maybe you join with uh, several other youth groups and you go to their their camps in the summer and its entire week. And you go and serve the local people, and just like just love on them, and just some awesome things, and uh, and it's an amazing week. It's coupled with worship and some awesome devotions, and just this amazing week. And so, if you have not checked out Work Camp NE's website, make sure you do that. That's at w o r k c a m p n e dot com, and uh, show them some love. We are so grateful for their sponsorship of today's podcast. And uh, with all that being said, let's jump into this conversation with James. James Sabin today. Well, thanks again for joining us today, James. Sure, you bet my honor, really, Steve. So uh, there's a lot to talk about today. I know um, some people uh, may know of you already, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't yet. So uh, I'd like you to start just with a, a quick summary of, of who you are and uh, how God got you into to student ministry and uh, what that all looks like.
1: Yeah, um... Was born in New York City, so that comes as a surprise to a lot of people because I've been living in West Virginia for over 20 years. Uh, raised on the Jersey Shore, and I literally was a Jersey Shore boy. I mean, um, pretty much if you watch that show, which I hope people don't, but if they do watch <laughs> that show, um, even characters, that, that was very close to how me and my friends behaved and lived and grew up. And In fact, uh, one of the characters, Sammy Sweetheart, she actually went to my high school. Um, no way. So, yeah, it's so like that whole culture is very like I get like, yeah, it's it's just it hits home. And if you want to know what I was like before Jesus, just watch an episode <laughs> of that show. And that's pretty close. Yeah. And uh, wound up, um, I was an athlete and wrestled, played soccer, baseball, hockey. and But uh, the two sports that I excelled at was wrestling and, uh, and soccer and uh, found my way over time at West Virginia University where I did both. And uh, and uh, somewhere during that time especially at the age of 21 um gave gave everything all that i was to jesus had met him a little earlier but um that was just kind of more like a taste and see that he was good mm-hmm. and uh and then it was at 21 and a half that uh, i got tired of kind of doing life on my own um tired of the party scene um, tired of you know the benefits of of uh you know what you get status wise as a d1 athlete and said i thought this would make me happy i thought this would make my life full and i was still very empty mm-hmm. and uh it was a lot of good teammates actually um my wrestling coach in a who was a three-time world champion Olympian. Um, he was a strong, strong Christian and God used him mightily, um, uh, to bring me really close to Jesus. So cool. I can go up to a whole lot of other, uh, Ways that God used that and brought me back to Himself, but uh, that's kind of the, the quick and short of it. Yeah. You know? Nice,
0: nice. So, where did uh, student ministry kind of fall in the whole thing? Was that like you said, it kind of was you didn't really know fully know Jesus? You know, um, it, I'm assuming as a teenager. So, where was it your own experience, or was that kind of just, later on?
1: Yeah, so it was later on. So, um, as I was being discipled, um, it was a, a guy from my soccer team who went to this church. i um, called Covenant and uh, And so, when I started going to church with him, um it was it was in no time that they kind of put me in student as a student ministry leader. Um it was I think it was probably only like six months or so, or um, maybe a little longer than that. And they said, "Hey, would you like to be a student ministry leader?" And I was like, Sure. You know, I mean, I was already, now. Of course, I was already going to school for um, you know my degrees in education. So I mean, that kind of you know that that wasn't too far, and you know obviously being around the kids, I was doing all sorts of practicums and and stuff and labs with kids in the schools. You know, and I was only a year and a half away from student teaching at that point. And so yes. sure, yeah, not not a, not a super stretch, of course, mm-hmm. but but my spiritual uh, walk or maturity, yeah, probably probably a little too soon. But uh, God used all of it, and I like to say, as we see in our leaders, and I know you do too. Steve, that um, no, I don't think any leaders grow faster than youth ministry leaders. Um, I think they grow the fastest. Um,
0: yep. so anyway, anyway. Yep. yeah, yeah, I had uh, I had some leaders in my my previous ministry that uh, absolutely love serving, and they they said on, on numerous occasions that's that's where they've grown the most was mm-hmm. because they got involved and they knew they weren't far along and some of them actually got baptized after they were helping. <laughs> now yeah. I you know, they profess Christ and everything ahead of time sure and, and all that sort of thing, but uh but actually like because of their involvement and everything, they fell more in love with Jesus and and want to take those those next steps in their faith and and it, it's been really cool to, to see our leaders grow in addition to our students.
1: Yeah, I see that a ton over yeah, over and over again. We see that all the time. We just did an event and had a had a, we have like a group of, of course, our main leaders that are consistent. Now, of course, we have a volunteer leaders that are further our big events. And um, one guy was new this year and uh, came to us up at the end of it, and he had tears in his eyes. And he says, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh!" He goes, "I had no idea." He goes, "I needed to be doing this so you know so long ago." He goes, "But I'm glad I finally did it now." And he says, "He had no idea." And I, I said it uh, actually at our meeting. I said. Oh, I'm most excited for you guys who this is going to be your first event with youth and watching God work in their lives because there's just something about it and that uh, you just don't know till you experience it and yeah. uh, that's just cool. So anyway, that's that's really
0: great. And so gra- God grabbed your heart and it, never looked it. back, huh?
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I've been staying at that church. I actually became a, a teacher at that church. Uh, was became uh, was over. My wife and I were over in the middle school for a little while, and then God actually called me to uh, to a senior pastor role. And uh, I got a church plant, so that church planted us, and it was a brand new startup. I mean, from scratch. And of course, I was the senior pastor and the youth pastor. Um, So, and that never went away. In fact, we um, always—I believe you kind of—you bring in who you are. You know what I mean? You draw who you are. And we were always the people who were you know who were drawn in and attracted to our church were always youth people. Like it was just crazy. And so we all of our outreaches were pretty much youth outreaches. You know what I mean? So we were running a a, 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 a church that was a large youth group <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> that was pretty much it for eight years and, and I never lost that I still would I'm the one who took the kids to of course like I said I was the youth and the youth pastor and the senior pastor so mm-hmm. I was the one who took the kids to retreats and camp still none of that changed I still was a speaker I can't you know so I never to- disconnected from the youth at all and like I said if anything we probably just just probably increased it, uh, yeah. while I was there. So it was pretty cool. That's and then cool. I wound up at the church I am today. Okay. So anyway, as the youth and family pastor now, so I was, uh, there, like ch- church, my pastor for eight years at, you know, and then, and now I've been for almost 10 years at where I am now. And, and I ministered, you know, uh, at least I can't remember now. So the years just, they blur together. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, and I think it was, the four years I was at, uh, I was just a youth leader before I became actually, no, five or six years. I apologize. Now I remember my age, um, five or six years I was a youth leader. So anyway, there you go.
0: Cool. Cool. So we're going to dive into more of your story uh, in just a bit, um, cause there's a lot that we're going to, we're going to talk about today. But, um, before we jump into that, um, let's talk about your ministry. What's it look like at your current church? Um, like what do students experience on a weekly basis and, and what does your current role look like?
1: Yeah. So, um, what, uh, what youth ministry looks like at our church is a youth and family ministry. Um, and so it's, it's intentional from the beginning. We're um, you know, um, pretty much ready with Orange Curriculum. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, we're intentionally um, ministering to parents. We believe parents are the main influence in their, ch- in their children's lives, of course. Um, Deuteronomy 6, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's, a, that's something that, that we're, um, we're very open about and, and um, upfront, platform, and all the way through. Um, we have a, a very healthy church culture that is very for the youth. Um the youth is always prominent. When I got there, um the senior pastor, Pastor Kevin, he's amazing. Um he's just had a heart for youth from the beginning. He himself did pretty much um he did like FCA mm-hmm. and he did FCA for years. And um even as a senior pastor, which was pretty amazing. And uh and, and so when I got in there it was very easy. I, I always say that anyone could have came into the culture um, and the environment that i got into and and could be successful because of of how the kids were a priority in that church mm-hmm. so kevin right away said uh when we were starting to when they were starting to grow and um and he couldn't do the youth ministry anymore he he needed a, someone that could you know be focused mm-hmm. and do that alone um we just kind of we were friends we've been friends for now over 20 years and we were just hanging out together and he said james i know this may sound crazy i know you're a, you know a senior pastor he goes But um, he goes, your heart's always been youth. You're a youth guy. You're the guy who helped me, you know, because I actually uh, helped him um, do a youth program years ago when he was starting his church. Um, He said that he goes and he goes, you know, uh, you just pray about it. And I was like, and at first I was like, no way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's going backwards, right? (laughs) But, but I mean, it was, it was in no time that uh, God just started working on my heart and, you know, talked to my wife and we're just sitting there like, okay, like, this sounds crazy. Um, but Lord, we're going to trust you, and so sure enough, um, we jumped into that to that ministry, that culture, and um, yeah, and like I said, super supportive um, of youth and prioritize youth. The budget for the youth is is just great. Um, yeah, just yeah, from tip to toe. Um, I don't care what age demographic we're talking um, about, um, they are they support the young people of our church. It's just awesome. really special. I love
0: it. That's really cool. So, uh, so you oversee you
1: oversee a team of other
0: staff, right? Now, is that correct?
1: yeah. So I'm over. Um, so I do all the youth ministry and then the children's ministry too. Okay. And so, with that I'm also a, we like to say a, we laugh it's a quasi exec because while the church was growing, it was me, Kevin. We had an associate. And then that associate kind of left. And so because I had a senior pastor background, we were kind of, you know, both pastors for a little yeah. while, and then we put another, someone else in. And so I always took on, as the church was growing, me and Kevin were always taking on roles, which of course is, leads into part of my story of burnout and how all that happened as, yeah. But uh, yeah. Wow. So yeah, so it's it's, it's unique, you know, um, not necessarily over the college, even though I'm kind of there for that first year. Uh-huh. But most of our leaders are, are college leaders now, kids who came through the edge and now are. You know our, our leaders but they're, they're a huge part of our college ministry and actually help lead it and it's, it's just really cool it's a lot of fun cool cool yeah.
0: so one of my questions I, i'd love to know um do you have middle school and high school together or separate and we were kind of like going through one of those questions of now like how's the the next step of this of our ministry go like do, how do you guys run your programs on a regular basis
1: I think ideally, and, and and I think my education background kind of um, informed me early on on this was, you know, they're just developmentally different on so many levels. Um, you know what I mean? And so, ideally, if you can separate them, do that. But if you can't, it's okay. Like it's it's not like. This thing ain't gonna implode. Obviously, we mm-hmm. you know that. And you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. And so, initially, when I started, we, there was really no youth group, and so we had to start with everyone. In fact, yeah. I think we started with six kids, and I don't even think it was that many. So, yeah. that, that was where we landed. And we said, and you know, I said, hey, you, you've got to have a crowd. You know what I mean? You got We got to focus on Sunday. Um, we wanted our Sunday meeting, our big meeting, to just be great. And we focused on that. And, of course, that's Purpose Driven Youth. That's Doug Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just that was our thing. We are going to start there. And and then as we grew, um, I always had in the plan, we're going to split them up when we feel like we have, you know, you have to have a leader. You know what I mean? You can't just split them up and then yeah. look for a leader. You have to have a leader in place first and then split them up. And uh, and um, it all just it came together. I think in after two years, I did Tuesday night. And um, Sunday nights. So I did right. Tuesday for middle school, Sunday nights. And I was the guy of course at the time. Um, and it was, you know, it wasn't bad at first, you know what I mean? And because you didn't have that much responsibility yet because mm-hmm. things were just growing. And then as things grew, it, you know, the weight got a little heavier, but, yeah. uh, I had great people kind of raise up. God brought in, uh, the artisans, so to speak. And, uh, so we were able to, um, start a middle school group and, and high school group at the same time. I think it's about two, after about two years, we were able to do that, which is really cool. And uh, and that was it. We haven't looked back since. So, cool. yeah. Yeah, I think it's based on, um, you know, how many kids you have. And then it's based on do you have the personnel. You know, do you have that person who's going to be able to, you know, I don't know if, you, you know, maybe for that person, maybe you're going to be a, the middle school person and they're going to be the high school person. Or maybe they're going to be the high school person. You, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's based on, uh, you know, what you're, where you're at. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cool.
1: So we alluded
0: a little bit, uh, to the fact that you had some burnout there and then a lot on your plate. Um, so I know the last uh, few years have, have been, um, a, a big, a big time in, in your growth. Um, some, some really low times as well uh, so, so let's dive into that a little bit Because I know there's, there's, I'm sure, some other youth pastors listening Some youth workers that are listening that are maybe in a very similar position And uh, maybe they're um, on the verge of burnout Or maybe they're, they're experiencing it right now Or maybe they're just oblivious And they don't realize that that is where they are um, And so uh, paint us a little picture of what happened in your life uh, To lead you um, through that hard time and, and where, where you are now
1: yeah, um, I shared a little bit of this at um, at uh, a DYM two hundred uh, this past year, not too long ago, actually, just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think what I said there is we were we were starting to grow, and um, our to do list was increasing, and our, and we weren't increasing our staff. And so, um, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Eventually, um, we just you know, um, life's already full for a lot of us, and we just we just kept putting more on the plate, more on the plate. Um, as I, as I illustrated uh, at the conference, um, if you've ever seen that Seifold episode, mm. <laughs> um, where, uh, um, where Kramer, uh, goes to the car, you know, goes to the, uh, the car dealership and yeah. they're like, okay. And he gets the car dealer with him and they're in like, how far can we drive this car and empty? And, uh, that was me. And, uh, and I ran out of gas and, uh, I just kept, you know, just kept, just, just, you know, pressing that gas. And as I heard someone say before, you keep, you keep pressing the gas and you're going to flood the engine. Mm. And, uh, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, and, uh, it was rough. Um, the only way I can explain it was when that all came down and that all hit and, uh, I ran out of gas, so to speak. Um, uh, Kerry Newhoff has a great article on burning. I think I shared that with you when we were kind of um, yeah. talking a little bit, um, before and, um, yeah, everything he describes in there, uh, like my passion just dropped. Like, I just felt like I was just just a, mo- mo- you know, just no emotion, no passion, no drive, n- like numb. And I had never felt that someone with my background, kind of my energy level, I'd never felt that. I'd never suffered from any kind of um, uh, mental illness. So, I, you know, um, so all of this was very new to me. Um, just, just really dark thoughts. Um, Thoughts I've never had before at that, at that level, and I uh, just felt like I was really stuck. Um, the good news is um, my senior pastor was with me, with me and he had, uh, he had some experience in this area himself. Um, he himself had, done, had experienced burnout and um, some rough times, and, um, and I'm not sharing anything he hasn't shared publicly. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm so glad he was there because uh, I was able to right away process with him, and, and he gave me hope, even though I didn't feel hope. I knew you know, that that feeling of hope wasn't there, but, but there was, you know, I was still somehow able to just, um, mentally say, okay, somehow I'm going to be okay. Even though there's no way I feel like I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, just little by little, um, Kind of took us through the steps, talked with my wife, and just let her know what to expect. What I was let me know what to expect, let us know what to expect together, and 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 how uh, how we can get through this. How the, that this wasn't going to be a dead end. That this ha- didn't have to end in any kind of disaster or ultimate um, darkness. But um, but that God had a plan through it. Wow. And uh, so yeah, so um, yeah. But when it when it when it hit, it was uh, really scary. Really yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah. So did you did you see it coming at all, or did it
0: kind of come out of the blue?
1: So, yeah, it's so, so, so like Kerry Newhouse book, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge Kerry Newhouse fan. I don't know if we can plug him, right? But anyway. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Kerry's these, a great guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, but uh, yeah, now that I look back, yeah, I see it all. Like, I mm. see it easy, actually. And I do see it in other people um, now, which mm. uh, not, I'm not in a judgmental way, like, oh, man, if things don't change, um, you know, and people have been able to tell me the story. But yeah, like, I, 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 st- I was starting to um, self medicate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a big thing. You start self-medicating. Like for me, I, you know, this is, you know, um, people know this now, but I, I mean, when I gave my life, heart, soul, mind, and strength to Jesus at 21 and a half, I stopped, I was a huge drinker, partier, drugs, all that stuff. And I stopped drinking and, um, somewhere along the lines when, uh, um, so I didn't touch I didn't touch alcohol in 20 years. And um, somewhere along the lines in there, I thought, well, because a lot of my good, you know, I don't know, I know we're, you know, different, different, um, you know, Christians. Uh, I know they have different uh, beliefs about this, but I had a lot of good Christian friends who drank. I don't, I don't see, you know, drinking as a sin. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a sin, but obviously, drunkenness is. And so, a lot of my good friends would hang out. They'd have a beer or two, whatever. And and I said, you know what? I think I can have a beer. And uh, you know, with my, and I, you know, and I was justifying it with you know, it's with my buddies and these are good senior pastors and great Mm -hmm. men of God. And you know what I mean? And, 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 and why not, you know, and, and, you know, just good Christian men and they are, and they are. And, Mm -hmm. but God had specifically told me not to anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, for whatever reasons, because my past, because of, you know, maybe because I'd have a, you know, affinity to it, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And it'd be a problem for me. Um, he, uh, you know, he told me no. And, uh, but, uh, because I, I was in need of something, Um, that I chose. Never got wasted, never got drunk, anything like that. But um, yeah, started to drink. And uh, again, um, sure, was it in in, in the sense of biblical sin? No, there was no sin there. But in the sense of had God called me not to? Yeah, I was sinning. And uh, so yeah, that was one aspect. Um, Just always when you talk to me you know hey busy just the badge of business was so prevalent like mm-hmm. such i mean i wore it with such honor yeah I did this this and, and people would say to me you're so busy yes thank you i'd say like, <laughs> oh yeah. you know and it was for me it was just like it, you know like oh I, you know i you know they'd say like hey when can we meet and i we and they, you know i show them my calendar and i'm like oh, well, let's week you know two weeks from now and they're like whoa you know what i mean i'm like yeah i don't know how i do it you know <laughs> like that kind of, i mean like that yeah. kind of stuff it was, uh, you know it was it wasn't good and it was crazy because our Nobody was able to say, like that's wrong, like this, that's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> everyone applauded it, right? Even in church, and 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 I, and I wish someone would have come along and said, "Dude, your calendar's messed up." Like you're actually out of control, and there's no way I'm going to applaud you for this. Like I wish someone would have said that to me. I say that to people now. Yeah. I really do, and they don't like it. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't care if you don't like it. Like I'm telling you, this is not healthy. Like you know, when did you, when did you take a day off last week? I didn't. Okay, that's not good. Like you know, yeah. what I mean? like, like you know. But anyway, we get into that later. But I mean, I'm getting a whole thing about Sabbath because that God taught me a ton just about Sabbath alone through this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was about um, – that happened almost three years ago now when that all kind of went down.
0: Wow. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, And, and you said your, your senior pastor was there. Um, he experienced it and everything. So kind of walk us through that a little bit, like when when that all kind of came to a head and, and you realized something needed to change.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was forced to change mm. because, it, I mean, I was in a position where I didn't know if I was going to make it to the next day. And um, and that scared the heck out of me. Mm. Um, when you have that feeling of, I mean, I couldn't walk by. I don't tell too many people, but I couldn't walk by a set of kitchen knives without thinking some really mm. dark stuff. And uh, and like I said, I don't like. You know, again, I, I don't really share that openly too much. But um, you know, I, I know someone out there is listening and understands that. You know what I mean? And um, and uh, so yeah, I knew I had to change things. And I'll never forget that it was the it was the Monday after we we had come back so it had been three or four days afterwards and me and kevin had talked and when i'd come back from the conference where this all happened like i was at a conference when this happened that feeling happened and it all just kind of when i just kind of went numb and it all it all just hit me like a ton of bricks um it was about three or four days afterwards and, and all i can think was oh my gosh if, if this if this has its way with me my wife's not going to have a husband and my kids are not going to have a dad mm. and um and i went to our sanctuary that morning. And I just, uh, broke down and, um, and I said, God, you have got to do something. Um, I need you more than ever in my life. And, um, and it was like, it was like this, it was just like, I just, his presence became so real in that moment. Um, more real than probably in a a long time. And, uh, and I just knew I was going to be okay. Um, it it was kind of like, I knew I still had to go through this, but I knew I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and anyway, um, so yeah, and so he, so it was kind of like I just sensed um, for like the next year, actually it was almost a year and a half, I spent every morning that I was at the church in that sanctuary for over an hour with Jesus, just the Bible, me, and my journal. And um, man, I can write a book on what, on what he shared with me uh, and, in, in over in that over a year of just spending, um, that hour to hour and a half with him every day. And, and really what had happened, Steve, I'd forgotten my first love. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'd fallen in love with ministry and, uh, and, um, and I still love Jesus. Don't get me wrong, but you know, um, I don't know the, what I would think for people is if, um, you know, maybe families get so caught up in family that the husband and wife, you know, they get so caught up in the family and children or activities or the, their things that they that they forget that it was them who, who's who's the heart of the family. Yeah. They're the family, and uh, and and their love for each other, and and somewhere in there, I got so much doing for Jesus that I forgot him. Hmm. And um, I mean, and, and that was I mean, that was very evident right away when I first just really got back to that, just really um, intentional, intimate time with Him. That it was so clear that I'd forgotten my first love wow. and uh, and when, when he started when I started to um, you know um, just spend that time with him and, and kind of rekindle mm-hmm. you know that flame so to speak, and allow him to just um you know just grow my heart for him, um, boy, it was so clear and that 's where real healing took place Steve. I had great counseling,'t do get me wrong, counseling was there, all that was there but but i 'm telling you you can 't substitute that kind of time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can't. And, and what it did for me and still does for me, like now, like because of longevity, like it's been almost two and a half years now. And I, and I, I can say I'm 100 percent now. Wow. Like and I can say that just at the two year point. Yeah. I was 90 percent. But, you know, and, 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 and I thought to myself for a while. I think we talked about this the last time when I was just sharing a little bit. I thought to myself, why so long, God? Yeah. Why, why, why so long? And But there's something about longevity that creates a life change. You know, that if if I would have—if it would have only been like, say, that day, he would have just been like, okay, you're good. It's okay, I get it. You repented. We're fine. Um, Would would I have spent that year and a half with him in the sanctuary? No way. In fact, I'll never forget this. Um, I was sitting in the sanctuary one day, and it was probably around—it was probably around two— maybe a little under the two-year mark. I don't know all the timelines, but it's in my journal. And I'm sitting there, and I said, Jesus why is this still here? Why am I still here? And I'm still experiencing some of this. And it wasn't as bad, but it was still there. You know what I mean? Kind of mm-hmm. like, it was just, just kind of like a monkey on the shoulder a little bit. Yeah. And, and and I was just kind of like, why is this still here? And, and he said, as as clear as I can, I can tell you, he said, would you still be here if it wasn't? Mm-hmm. And the answer was no. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so true. Like it was so true. And I just broke down and I was like, no, I, I need you. And, and you, and he's what's most important, yeah. you know, not, not that I was struggling with mental illness or anything like that. He was most important, and 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 the beauty of it is, I came to a place of peace where you know what, Jesus. If it's Jesus and mental illness, I'll be okay. Yeah. If it's <laughs> <laughs> and and whatever struggle we, we have or you have or people who are listening have, if it's Jesus and hmm. it's you're okay. But if it's just and, <laughs> it's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So anyway, but yeah. So, yeah. Yeah
0: that's great and and i, I I've, I've, we've been in a, in this series um with our church over the last, uh, month. Um, we call a taboo. We just talked about it, four different taboo topics and, and we also carried that into our youth group, uh, atmospheres as well. And we talked about suicide and self-harm and we talked about addictions and we talked about the the tough things that, that a lot of times, uh, we turn to and, and we spent a lot of time talking about Paul's life because a lot of times Paul's like this, this amazing, you know, pastor and, and, men- and mentor and, and, uh, missionary and, but we don't often talk about the, the hard things about his life, and and I remember um, reading about his thorn in his flesh, and people have different opinions on, you know, what that is and everything, but, but I, I often thought, like, through my study on that, I was like, maybe that was something that, you know, whatever that was for him— that was something that he had to go through. And God didn't remove it because he ha- he needed to experience that, kind of like what we were talking about. He could have easily just taken that and removed it from him. Um, but he didn't because he needed to experience whatever that was so that he would grow and, and continue his dependency upon Christ through it.
1: In fact, that's exactly what he says. He, goes, he said, because of these great revelations, that i've experienced to keep me humble and what's hum humility dependence surrender yep. to keep surrender dependent on god a thorn in the flesh a messenger yeah. to buff me whether that was a messenger of like hey you know all this stuff you tried. whether that was just a messenger that was just you know just all you know just kind of saying stuff or what was physical either way it does it, the goal is the same mm-hmm. and that was to, to bring him to a place of humility that i need jesus in every and all situations um and so goal accomplished mission accomplished yeah. and, and that's what god said i can't remove this from you paul because if i do You'll be, you, you you know, you'll be, you'll think it's you yep. again. You'll think it's your strength, you'll think it's, it's, it's your ability and not mm-hmm. my grace. Yeah. And that's what he said in the end, right? Well, yep. my grace is efficient, not, not what you think your grace right. abilities are, but my grace alone. Yeah. So, yeah, you're that, that's exactly right. And I, again, I have, I can, I can have another journal in there that has all that <laughs> stuff. Been there That's, you know what I mean? there, i'm yeah. sure so so you were in the middle of all this and
0: uh dym 100 a couple years ago and you meet uh alan fadling and, and heard about this uh this unhurried living sort of thing what what kind of how that enter into your life and how did that play into your recovery yeah so
1: around 2016. um uh in September was d i m uh one hundred the first u i m and um and it was before that in April of two thousand sixteen where burnout just that 's when it hit me that's that 's when i experienced all this um and uh you know actually between April and september um i would get some i would get some reprieves from you know from from some of the severe symptoms of burnout and you you name it and um you know depression anxiety, and all that um and uh you know just the dark as i call it the funk mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Just the funk. and uh, and uh, But in September, when September came around and right before DYM-100 and actually right at it, like as I was traveling, it was probably as bad as it was those first couple days. Mm. Like it was probably as bad as it had ever been. Um, if, if I mean you can actually see pictures of anyone like uh, during DYM-100. Like I was – I mean I was down to – I'm a size 34 pant waist. Not that people need to know that. But, <laughs> um, but I was down to below 32. Like 32s were hanging. Mm. And it was like I, I mean, you know, you could see me on the screen. I know my audience can't, can't, but if they follow me on social media, I got that much to lose still. And you know, I mean, like, and uh, and yeah, it was just bad. And uh, and here I am at the 100. I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you got? I almost felt like I remember sitting in my hotel in in the lobby, and I couldn't get control of my thoughts at all in California, in Orange County. And I literally could not get my control of my thoughts, and I felt just crazy, like literally crazy. And I sat in the lobby and cried, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, and that was really rough. And I just called my wife. I called Pastor Kevin, and I said, uh, "Just pray for me. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go." And uh, and sure enough, though, um, thing the next day I woke up and things were a little better. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. still felt felt the funk, but it wasn't the the you know, the you know the you know the Nonstop thoughts weren't as you know what I mean as mm-hmm. theirs, and so uh, the lack of control of, of thoughts really was what it was, and, um, and and I was all right. So there we are, and we're at d 100, and I think it's the the second day, I can't remember, but but Alan Fallon gets up and he starts to speak of his unhurried life, and and up to that point, like I said, I'd been in the sanctuary, God had been showing me showing me some things, but what, but unhurried life really showed me this this rhythm of life. Mm. And, and, and how to be still and how to listen. And I was doing some of that, but he really gave me some, just some real clear practical steps on what that looks like. And so I can't, I can't encourage that enough, that book enough because it really um, put some meat on the bones that God was, had already provided on, on that. But, and, um, and it just was able to, to bring me to this next level of, of what I believe, healing mm. and growth and um yeah and uh, so it was just yeah i mean i still i keep the notes from that from his seminar to this day in my bag mm. and um, because um they're just a constant reminder that james this isn't a race that this is not about accomplishment that 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 gut jesus loves me um simply for me and and here was the big question that that i had to wrestle with in the sanctuary um one day and and that was you know it, that was if I never ministered again, if I never did youth ministry again, if I never heard someone else say, "Great message, Pastor!" Or, wow, that, you know, wow, thanks so much for what you do for the youth. If I never heard any of that again, would that be enough? And uh, the answer at the time was no. Mm. It, 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 you know that no, I need that, I, Jesus. That that you're not enough, and that that was my honest answer. And um, and somewhere between Alan Fadling, and um, you know another. You know, however long in that sanctuary, Jesus became enough. <laughs> you know, and that was the beauty and that I can say that now easy. Like, if I never do youth ministry, yeah, do I love youth ministry? Sure, I love it, but I love Jesus. Like, if I never do youth ministry again, I know who I am in Christ now. Um, I You know, and I know that's a process. I don't expect—I mean, listen, I'm 44, Steve, like, and I, I'm just getting this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I wish I would have gotten that. You know, I don't expect twenty a twenty year old to get that. I, just, I think there's some developmental things that, that are developmental, and you can't like you, you can't expect a you know a one year old to run like really run. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I you know what I mean? But but somewhere in there, if they if they have a starting, if, they, if that's a goal though that's different. You know what I mean? Like if someone could tell that 20-year-old and that, that 25-year-old and that 30-year-old that your goal isn't ministry, but your goal is to be rooted and grounded in your Savior and your Lord and your friend, Jesus Christ. And that's the goal that, yeah, they got something to really, sh- they're going to be on the right path. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, And that's that's going to help a lot. So I wish someone would have came along and, and I'm sure, you know, here's the truth. They did. <laughs> you know, Now that I think about it, right. they did, you know, and uh, I just didn't listen. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, well, man, it gets to that point where yeah, Paul does, and and Jesus says it's like He is enough for us. But it's so often we we say that, we preach it, we teach it. Yeah, yeah but right. But do we actually believe it ourselves? Yeah. Like, or are we hanging our hats on our ministry and our families and all these other things, uh, and and pretending that yeah. that Jesus is enough when really we also want these other things too.
1: Yeah, and I like I like the way you said that, Steve, because. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if I like. I don't even know if I was pretending. I I, mm. I believed he was enough. Yeah. Like until he until he wasn't. Right. Like you know, does that <laughs> make sense? Yeah. I, it, yeah. I, I really believed he was enough until I learned that no, my heart. Like you know, the Bible is clear. We don't know our own hearts, mm. and Jesus only knew my heart, and He knew that that He wasn't enough in my heart. But but I thought He was until until He, uh, he showed me He wasn't. Yeah. 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 So.
0: Man, I, I know God has clearly taught you so much. But going back to to you know, if you could do it all over again, or or to tell other youth pastors that are maybe going through similar sort of things, um, what are some what are some steps that they can start taking now to either uh, prevent this from happening, or or maybe to come out of it? I know you talked about Sabbath. I, I'd love to to hear a little bit of your thoughts about the importance of Sabbath.
1: Yeah, I w- yeah, you, you reminded me of two other things, but I do want to head sure. to this you would remind me to hit those two other uh points Definitely, as well. Yeah. Um but uh yeah for me Sabbath was huge like um I was just talking to a, a coworker of mine and 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 and, and you know he's he said man you know I've just been so busy and um yeah, uh, you know, and I just said to him, I said, "Have you been able to take a day off?" And he mm-hmm. said, "No, I haven't." He goes, "I don't have time." And I said, "Let me ask you a quick question." I wasn't trying to be like legalistic or like condemning. I really, but he was a friend, and I can say this to him, you know. And I said, "I said, do you think Jesus would? Have, do you think Jesus ever missed a Sabbath? Because it says as was his custom." <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like that. And and he's like, "No," and I was like, "Then what makes you think if Jesus?" needed i believe he needed sabbath and not only was he obeying a command but it was he obeyed that command because it was out of necessity for himself and obedience to his father but because of the love and relationship i said what makes you think that you and i can get away with not having a sabbath and uh and he just kind of looked and i said i said i said if you trust jesus with this and you trust that he promises to give us rest first and, and, and rest first, so that we can be active with him. And that's the thing. Like Sabbath's about being with him, and and Sabbath sets the foundation for doing for being with him and doing ministry with him. Mm-hmm. Because um, when we get in the in you know in the in in the nonstop and and the rhythm of of which is really no rhythm at all mm-hmm. of activity and going from one thing to the other and checking off the you know just checking off the you know um, the boxes. Um, there's you will leave Jesus behind. Like Jesus will no longer be with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you will be far ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And, and what Sabbath does, it's a reset. And it reminds us that because the, the first key thing about Sabbath is relationship with Christ. The second aspect of re- Sabbath is relationship with others. And the third aspect of, of, of Sabbath is recreation, I believe. Like, mm-hmm. like do things that, that you like, like, like. God has given us all things to enjoy. But not all things, but only him. he's to be worshipped. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so enjoyment and worship are two different things. But in that worship of Christ, we can enjoy recreation, those things that, that we enjoy and, and bring life. And, and that needs to be first with Jesus and then with people who are made in his image to, to take that time to, you know. Because um, when, when we're at rest and we slow down, we recognize when our spouses are are also themselves anxious or overburdened, or because a lot of times we just get caught in our own world right when you're going 100 miles an hour you don't recognize when everyone else is anyone else is tired or hurting or you know what i mean or needs needs encouragement or they themselves need a day off you know what i mean like yeah. we're in our own little world and and so we miss it because we're not being present we're not being in the moment and sabbath does so much and, and i can go a whole bunch the sabbath but the way i see sabbath now is it's like if, you know, for people who are married or people who had boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever it is, um, or even just your, your mother or whoever, that, that, that special day. Like I know daddies take some of their daughters on daddy, you know, daddy daughter dates, right? And, and those special moments. I believe Sabbath is like that for Jesus and, and his kids, that we get to take that special time with just him. And, 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 and when, I thought, when I think of it like that, it, it bothers me that I forfeited hmm. hundreds of days with jesus like that Hmm. because i was too busy you know that that yeah that bothers me you know when i see it that way now i can't there's no way i'm missing that day there's no way i'm gonna miss that day with jesus i am so i love like for me it's wednesday and for me it starts tuesday night like i said between six and seven or eight based on my schedule a little bit and it goes till wednesday six seven or eight and i have a couple reasons for that but um Again, I believe the Jewish calendar. That was for you know that's the way they you know, Hebrew day starts, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, but but for me, like to think of how many I missed over the years. Like from the time mm-hmm. I started teaching and ministry in my early twenties to, to forty was I 41? 40, how many Sabbaths I forfeited? How many and let's just not even it's called Sabbath. How many days of of intentional intimacy with Jesus I forfeited because I had a I had a to do list. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was more important than, than my Jesus and man, that I don't, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore yeah. he, he's because he's enough. He's worth it. And, and, and now I love to like, I, I live from Sabbath to Sabbath now. That mm. is really cool. Like, like I really do. And I'm Wednesday to Wednesday, Sabbath, Jesus time. I get to spend time with Jesus. Like I get to spend time with my daddy. Like that is there. And I'm not saying that it's like this perfect thing all the time where some days I'm like, I don't struggle with it. Like, yeah, I still do. But when you kind of been put through the ringer a little bit, and <laughs> like, and when you when you were almost not going to make it, it, it's a lot easier now for me to to live in it because I'm desperate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know. And and, and and now I understand that, that it's not just desperation now, but but now it's inspiration. I'm inspired now, um, and that's good. And, and I'm also not ignorant of that probably over time. That as as the feeling of what I experience becomes not just uh, months and 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 we you know months away, but becomes years away. That yeah, I'm sure my flesh is going to be you know I'm going to be like oh well, I can miss this Sabbath now and then I can miss that Sabbath now right because it's now it's a little further down the road and right. that works right that's just human nature and. Yep. Yeah, but right now that's not there. But I'm not ignorant to think down the road that's not going to be there. It it definitely will be. And uh, but um, uh, I got some journals that I I keep in certain places (laughs) that uh, that'll remind me that yeah, uh, yeah, just needs to be enough, and I need to not miss that time with them.
0: That's so good. So good. Um, There's a couple other things that you kind of you remember to uh, to share about that.
1: Yeah, the the other thing is I, I burn out with my face in the Bible. Hmm. So a lot of people think like you you burn out and like, yeah, no, I was spending a ton of time with Jesus, um, but it was mostly just for him. Like it was a lot of my studies. And if I was doing some creative stuff and creating content, um, yeah, that's and it was a ton. I mean, I have a Bible um, that is marked up from that time that I did not that after I burn out, I, I couldn't look at it because it brought such bad feelings that I put away for a year and a half. And it wasn't until a year and a half, Steve, that I could pick it up again, because it reminded me of, yeah, look at you. It was almost like a badge of honor. Look how much I, you know, I got inductive Bible study method. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. And, um, and it was just, and it was for me, it was just like it, it upset me. It, it just, I was disappointed in myself, mm. um, that I allowed the Bible to become this textbook. Mm. And to become this tool for just teaching, and, um, and sure, I still had great moments with Jesus and et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I was, it was a lot of four. And th- there's couple, there's two scriptures that that I believe uh, continue to keep me grounded. Um, the first one is Acts six, um, when I believe it was the uh, um, the Hellenistic. Um, uh, the Hellen- Hellenistic widows. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Forgive me if I'm wrong, um, where they were starting to distribute. There's a distribution, right, mm-hmm. for them. And uh, and so you had the Hebrew the, the Hebrew widows and the Hellenistic widows, and there was this kind of thing going on. It got too much. They got overwhelmed, and the apostles were doing that ministry at the time. They were the ones, as they called, waiting tables, right? Yeah. And they finally said, "You know, this is too much. Like this, this waiting tables, this ministry is is taking us away from our primary calling." And so they, they gathered, and you know, they of course, you know how that how it goes. They they gathered some some of the the elders. Those they said, "Let's look for men filled with the Holy Spirit, right?" And that's where Stephen was chosen from. Stephen was picked out of that group, of course, and um, and sure enough, but, but but the key thing they say is, "Hey, listen, pick from amongst yourself men filled with the Spirit who can do this ministry." But we. Have to devote ourselves to prayer and the word. Hmm. Devote. Devote means nothing else comes in between. Devote is almost the same word as worship, Hmm. (laughs) right? Yeah. And and so we need to devote ourselves. Like this needs to be the centrality of who we are and what we do. It doesn't mean you don't wait tables. Yeah, we better pick up some brooms. You know what I mean, and help <laughs> clean up for an event, right? We, but but it means, but that's not that that should not be what we're characterized by. Um, um, that 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 as those called to minister, um, we need to devote ourselves to the word of God in prayer. and prayer. Uh, and and so that also that became that that constant foundational thing. Like, yeah, I have this to do and this to do, but I need to make sure this happens first. I need to devote myself to prayer and, and the reading of the word, not for teaching. No, no, for just uh, for just Jesus feeding me, Jesus teaching me. I'm being silent and I'm listening to my master, you know, and my friend, and um, and so yeah, and uh, yeah, and that and that's that's been real critical. Of course, the other one I shared at Dym, and um, and that of course is the story of uh, Mary and Martha, and um, everyone knows that mm-hmm. story. Of course, who's listening, no doubt, and um, you know, and what's the big takeaway from that? Of course, Martha's frantic, and and Jesus just says to her. You know, she goes into telling her to rat on her sister. Where I'm from, we say rat, right? <laughs> and she goes to rat on her sister. But uh, she says, um, "You know." And Jesus turns and, and, and he says, "Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted." Listen to that word, "distract" by many things. And man, that just hit me because I was distracted. Not so worried. Worried. Being worried wasn't my nature. But if I think about it, I was. I was. I was driven by anxiety at times. I was driven by worry. Like, I allowed worry, like the worry of what people would think if I didn't do this the right way, what parents would say. I was worried by if kids wouldn't like my message. I was worried. My motivation wasn't love all the time. My motivation was self preservation. That's what worry is about. Mm-hmm. Was I going to keep my name? Was I going to keep my reputation? Was I going to keep up the standard that I had, you know, um, you know, you know whatever, attributed to? Like, whatever. Um, yeah, that, and that, that's, God's not in that. He was he, he was able to work through it because you know what I mean because of his grace, but right. he's not that I mean that's not who he is. that's not how that's not who that's not how he ministers. that's not what he ministers from. He ministers from love. And so um, and so' you're, you're worried and distracted by many things. but I love and then of course he turns and he says, but your sister right here, but Mary, you know what I mean what she's doing, you know is the is the one thing. only one thing is necessary. and I love that. Only one thing is necessary, he says to Martha. And if you think about that, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Like, yeah, I, I, I said, oh, Jesus, no, you're wrong. That's listen. My boss says there's more than one thing necessary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like I got my, you know, there's expectations here. Like there's more than one thing. And, and, and yes, but what he's saying is this needs to be the priority of your life. Like you need to wrap everything else around this. And what was it to sit at Jesus' feet, not for content, not for, you know, for our, for whatever ministry we're, we're doing or trying to do, but to simply sit at Jesus' feet because Jesus is enough. And I love what he says, and he says, and, and, and what she has chosen, right, was to sit at his feet, will not be taken away from her. Mm. And what is he talking about? That the moment and the times we spend with Jesus, that can't be taken away. What we learn and glean and, and how, our, how our hearts are loved and, you know, how we're loved by Jesus. And that's not taken You can't take that away. That's where we grow and are nurtured and you name it. In fact, from that is where we minister, that's where we truly minister. That's where we get our priorities right. 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 <laughs> Martha's priorities all wrong. Yeah. Because of what she was motivated by. But when we sit at Jesus' feet, he gives us his heart. And then we're motivated by that same heart. And we're driven by that same heart. And you can't really go you can't get off too far <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, when 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 that when that's where we start from. And so for me, those are the the comeback twos that mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm getting a little fast paced or I feel like I'm getting a little frantic. And it's it's crazy because I feel it now. Like before, I didn't even notice it. Hmm. It was so sadly normal to live that kind of pace and anxiety and drivenness that I couldn't even notice it. But Jesus had slowed me down to a point now. I feel it. Like Hmm. I feel anxiety at a point I never would have felt it before. Like I feel this drivenness at times when it tries to rise up that I would have never felt before. For me, this was normal. This is adrenaline. Like this is how you live. Like I don't understand people sit there like take a break. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like I mean, yeah, it was it was foreign to me, but now. This and this is what unhurried life did for me. It, it put it, this this rhythm, this rhythm of yes, there's going to be yes. I'm I think I'm actually now Steve doing probably being more and I don't like the word like productive, but I think I'm being more fruitful mm, yeah. than I've ever been. Yeah. And yes, the character and quality of Christ in my life. I, I I believe I'm a better I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad now. Um, I'm a better neighbor (laughs) Uh, because i'm present i'm not just walking in my house i'm too busy i ain't got time to sit outside and you know what i mean i'm going to you know i I just shut my garage door you know that and (laughs) not no more you know what i mean like to play with my kids now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean be present as much as i can i still i'm human but there's an awareness there now yeah and and it is is huge because it lets me know that i'm off you know that red flag goes up and i'm like okay okay lord you know what i mean yeah so anyway i mean yeah And i hope young I, i hope yeah, young young guys or even older. I mean, I mean, it's 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 really across the board. It, it, it you know don't matter how old you are. Um, if you're running at that pace, um, I do believe younger guys have some some more margin. Because I do believe there's a physiological aspect to it, that you know, um, I think younger guys, yeah, they still will burn out and stuff. But I think there's there's something. I could be wrong, you know, on this. But um, you know, there's you know, let just be real. They're younger. They're more energetic. That's physiologically there for them. You know what I mean? And as you get older, you have testosterone's running out. All that stuff is you know going down. You know, energy levels. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you can't burn out at 25. You obviously can't because people do. But that they, boy, they're they're running really really hard. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think that that probably has to do with just like
0: knowing yourself as well, because I think we all have different capacities and, and just being honest with ourselves and knowing, Hey, if I only had this capacity, don't, don't push yourself beyond that. Like rely upon, upon Christ to, to, do, you know, where we, we are weak, he is strong. Don't try to yeah. be that strength yourself. And I think a lot of times we, we try to push ourselves way beyond what our own capacities really are. And, and sometimes, yeah, it is when you're younger and maybe we're, you know getting getting our up in years a little bit and we were like oh yeah we're still 20 I'm still 20 in ministry I can still do all this and maybe our capacity is changing over the time yeah. or uh or anything like that I think we just got to be honest with ourselves and 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 rely upon on Christ to uh, to be there for us instead of us trying to do it on our own yeah so
1: that's good, man. that's really good yeah. so uh any other like last minute uh tips before we wrap up today yeah I'll tell you what if if I think if people just 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 made time for Sabbath, intentionally made time for Sabbath. Um, I don't even want to know the numbers if you ask people if they took a Sabbath, what they would be. Mm. Um, and, and I think practical tips for Sabbath are um, what I told my friend and I've told others since. Um, you know, make that block for you. Like, like the, way, the reason why I do, um, and the Jewish calendar just works out great in this way, is that the reason why I do a, a Tuesday night from 6 or 7 to a Wednesday night 6 or 7 is because I'm never like fully blacked out for a whole day. Mm. So like, if I, you know, does that make sense? Like if I, so that if someone needed me or I needed to make a phone call or a text here and needed to touch base with someone that, that if they need, if they contacted me on Tuesday, you know, at nine o'clock, they're going to get me Tuesday, Wednesday at six. Like, you know what I mean? Or if they contacted me Wednesday at, um, you know, eight in the morning, they're going to get me at Wednesday at, you know what I mean? At when I get, you know what I mean? So, so there's not this like, oh, they're not going to hear from me if they contacted me, you know, say, uh, I'm trying to think of the timeline there. If they contact me you know, just say yeah. We'll just say Tuesday night late. They're not going to hear from me till Thursday morning when I wake up. You right. know what I mean? Like If I did a whole twenty four hours, well, it's all twenty four hours actually. But and listen, and don't get like there are days it's only been twenty hours, like because just you know what I mean? Like I get like don't be legalistic on right. this, but be legalistic on you better take a pretty good sized block out to be with Jesus. Yeah, um, and uh, I don't care. Like one guy did. He for him it was like he would leave at he he had some morning duties he had to do and he'd leave at eleven and he'd come back the next day at eleven. Mm or we'd come back the next day at 10. Hey, but that block was, was, was intentional Sabbath. Mm. And that's what I mean. Like be Listen, God, our God's a creative God. He's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Like, you know, don't be, be rigid with, I've got to be with Jesus, but be creative in how you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but you, but, but you got to do it. I mean, how long, I don't know. I mean, you're married. How long is your relationship going to last if you don't create intentional time with your wife? I need a knee eye to eye right. and face to face. And, yeah, you may do life together, but intimacy is everything. Intimacy is the goal, you know, yeah. not accomplishment. And uh, and we yeah. know plenty of families who do a lot together and and are a hot mess um, <laughs> because they're never taking the time to be with each other. Right. So, um, you know, so yeah. So if I could say that, just just make if you just start at Sabbath, um, that that alone is going to help tremendously. Um, it's going to help tremendously. And I have and, and just like I said, it's going to contain three components. It's going to contain always your relationship with Christ. There's going to be intentional time of Jesus. And then it's going to be like uh, some of my Sabbaths look like it's me and my kids or me and my wife or me and even good friends. And I've spent the time with Jesus and then we're doing something in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, other other times it's um, just uh, um, it's me and Jesus in the morning and then I'm golfing. and Or maybe it's all three. It's me and Jesus in the morning for a big time. Then me and my friends are golfing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's going to have – uh, you know, it's always going to have the Jesus component, obviously, but then it's going to have those other three components somewhere in it. And that's what – and I always remember that. And, 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 and that's different because that's renewal. Yeah. Um, Relaxation is different. Relaxation, that doesn't really refuel us, but, mm-hmm. but uh, but um, you know, like watching TV and that binge – you know, that yeah, okay, that's a break, but that's not renewing. You know what I mean? That's not refueling. Time with Jesus is, and, and that's what Sabbath's is for, mm-hmm. um, to be with him. And it just and, – and, and all that other stuff is a byproduct. We don't do Sabbath for that stuff. It's a byproduct of being with Jesus. I want to be, I want to have that, that intentional time. And that really that, um, you know, that time that can't be, um, broken. With him, mm. I mean, that people can't come in and aren't coming in your office, you know, and, and, and even my family knows, my wife knows there's a couch downstairs that's similar to one I'm sitting on right now mm. that, um, and I'm not like a, like a turd about it. You know, even <laughs> my family, like, my kids want to come in and talk. They know they'll come in, but, but they know that I'm going to spend some, some real time with Jesus. And then we're going to, I'm going to spend some real time with you. Mm. And because I've been able to do that, they, they know, and it's really cool because they know like, oh, I'm getting way more time with daddy than I ever have. Because once he's done with Jesus, he's going to spend time with me because I'm going to be intentional about that, too, because that's what Sabbath's about. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's a, it's not about my work because Jesus is going to take care of that. And ultimately, that's what it says, that you can trust Jesus enough to take care of everything else. And it's been amazing, Steve. I can tell you, and I won't because we're running out of time, but <laughs> I can tell you story after story of what Jesus has done behind the scenes while I've just been doing Sabbath with him. <laughs> And and listen, I've never come off a sabbath. I mean, listen, for over two, two years, two and a half years now, I haven't missed a Sabbath. That's awesome. And I don't say that to say, oh, I haven't, I'm right. just saying, like, listen, yeah. if this was broken, if this, if this, you know what I mean? Like, I would, yep. I would give up. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this doesn't work. You know, that was a good try, nice right. experiment.
0: Clearly, okay. things are falling apart when I'm yeah. when I'm doing this. I got to get back to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. and So, and you just see Jesus mm. just hold his end of the deal. Mm and it's and it's awesome, and I'm not going back as best as I can try i mean yeah. i'm, I'm you know <laughs> that, yeah. that's my intention <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway. it's so it's i mean I think it it's, so many of us get
0: get caught up, i think especially when it involves leadership and you've got so many different things you 're balancing or trying to balance and put weight in different places and 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 <laughs> the, the non-intuitive thing is to take a step back and, and take a, a restful time and and spend time with the Father. Like our, our gut, I think a lot of times just says, "Oh, I gotta I gotta lean in more. I gotta I gotta do everything. I gotta lose more hours of sleep. I gotta cut back time over here because I gotta get things done." Um, but when it really comes down to it, and and the Bible is incredibly clear about this, we just <laughs> we just don't see it a lot of times. Is that just to spend more time with Christ and trust that God is going to take care of his not of the deal. Like you said,
1: and he does. And, yeah. uh, it's awesome. And like I said, uh, yeah, I mean, I would challenge, and uh, I'll talk to, like, if anyone wants to know, what. like I said, there's been emergencies, like, where I've had, a you know, something happen, and that's fine, that's, that's your oxen, you know, that's your ox cart in a ditch, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. you've got, that's fine, that's, yeah, of course, we're going to yep. do that, you know what I mean, but, but, you know, we're going to walk through the grain fields with Jesus on the Sabbath, Yeah. <laughs> and you are going to spend time with them, like, they you know, and that's it, and that's the beautiful picture that that we have. And, Definitely, you know,
0: yeah, and I love that, you know, we talked there today about how now you, you, because you've been through this, God's been able to to use this experience to help yeah. other youth pastors other students that are going through some hard times and everything yeah. as well and so um you know i love uh, you you were telling me later today, but just how how god has, has definitely turned something that was a horrible situation for you and a horrible thing to go through but has started to use it now for for his glory and that's been really cool and and th- i think this this recording of this podcast is is one of those things so thank you so much
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm grateful to Jesus. Actually, I'm great. I don't, I don't wish anyone to go through it, but I'm grateful for it. I really am. And, uh, and, um, it's, it's rough. It's, it's hard to look back at and talk about, but, um, like I said, where I am today, I wouldn't trade for the world. I wish I wouldn't have had to happen like that, but mm-hmm. God knows us, so it's okay.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you and maybe ask you some clarifying questions or, or maybe even enter into other conversations. Yeah. What's the best way for people to, uh, to engage with you online or anything like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, social media is probably the easiest. Um, just if they want to go Instagram, um, it's just James Saban thirteen. They can catch me there. Um, if they want to email me, I'm cool with that. Um, Pastor James at KingdomEMC.com. dot com. That is a mouthful, I know. But uh, if if not, if you don't have Instagram, it's probably easier if you would just probably make an Instagram account and find <laughs> me there. But uh, but yeah, uh, that that'd be no problem. I'd, I would totally um, love to share and talk more because uh, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, it's just uh, I think it's a powerful thing and uh, I just want to be able to help so yeah cool well man James I am incredibly
0: grateful for, for what you've shared today um, just being open about your story and and your willingness to to allow God to continue to use it um, even after you've been through it now to uh, to help others that may be going through similar sort of situations um, and Man, it's been, it's been, it's been cool just to, to spend time with you over the last time, you know, we've talked about the last couple of days, um, you know, had, had several days uh, leading into this and everything as well, and, and just to hear what God's doing. So, um, just pray blessings upon you and your ministry, and and may God continue to, to use this experience to uh, do some great things in other people's lives, too.
1: And thank you, Steve. You're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. All right, man.
0: All right. Oh, man, I, I hope you were blessed by today's podcast, I really do. Um, James has learned some amazing things that, that I hope have spoken into your life that God has used to just um, reveal some things maybe in your life or, or someone else that you know that needs to hear this. Please do share this with others that need to hear it uh, today. And uh, and while you're at it, make sure you subscribe to the the Student Ministry Podcast um, as we continue to release uh, episodes uh, month after month with another amazing story after another, uh, just what God is doing in, in the lives of youth workers uh, around the world. Um, we're just so grateful to be able to do this and uh and and just love the fact that you guys are hearing this and everything so so make sure you do subscribe so you can always hear another one every time we release it and uh and also make sure you share like i said earlier um we we love the fact that, that we get to do this but uh but we really um don't get to to reach as many people if if you don't share and so make sure you do share this with others that you know will enjoy it and uh and benefit from, from benefit from it as well and um we also do want to thank our sponsor one more time Workcamp camp ne guys if you're looking for an opportunity for your students to grow in their faith and, and to serve the local community, make sure you check out WorkCamp N-E. Their website is workcampne.com. ecom We thank them for their sponsorship, but we mostly thank them for what they've been doing in the lives of teenagers and youth groups uh, across the country, um, allowing them to, to have some awesome experiences and growing in their faith um, and, and in a, just a great situation. And so if you're looking for anything like that, uh, make sure you do check out their website. And um, Also, if you're if you're on social media, um, make sure you connect with James, but also connect with uh, me, Steve Cullum. I'm at Steve Cullum. That's S-T-E-V-E C-U-L-L-U-M on Twitter and uh, also on Facebook. The the Student Ministry Podcast is also on social media as well, so just look for Stumen Pod. That's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter and uh, the Student Ministry Podcast on Facebook as well. We'd love for you to follow us and uh, like us and all that sort of thing. And, uh, and if you have someone we need to talk to in a future episode, make sure you shoot me uh, a direct message or, or something like that. And I'd love to uh, to get in contact with, with other people um, that we need to have on this podcast. But um, with all that being said, we thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And we'll be back next time with another conversation with another amazing youth worker to hear what God is doing around the world. But until then, may God bless your ministry.